everybody. It's Sunday night, and that means it's time for Best Flicks. I'm Ricky D, and I'm going to run down all the new programs that are coming to your favorite streaming platforms. That's HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all of your favorites. It's coming into the end of the month. Uh, right now, I am recording on March 28th, and it seems like a weird time to be telling you about what's new coming in this month. So I'm going to be putting together a list of everything that's leaving these platforms at the end of April. So you've got one more month to check out all these shows. I've gone through the list of everything that's leaving Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, Amazon Prime, and I've picked out all the shows that you need to watch before the end of April. Before I get into that, you know I have to throw out a few shout-outs. I am part of the Twist My Arm Network. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for the Twist My Arm Network. You can find us doing live shows there. Uh, we do video game streaming. Today they were doing some live tabletop role-playing game. I think it was called uh, it was Star Wars Imperial Troopers, I think. Uh, and then also the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch uh, will stream our live shows on the Twist My Arm Network from Facebook. And then from there, we kind of tag it into Twitch and Twitter, not Twitter, <laughs> uh, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube. That's the other place that it goes and all of that fun stuff. So that's kind of our main hub. Or you can also search for the Twist My Arm uh, website. I believe it's just twistmyarm.com. And you can also find all of our stuff there. That's going to be expanding in the near future. Uh, I kind of look at Facebook as a main hub for things, but uh, I guess people still use websites, right? Uh, I also want to give a shout out to at Sudden Butt on Twitter. That's where we are doing the Sudden But Inevitable rewatch. Uh, we're watching Firefly. We just did the trash episode. That's episode 11. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening to Best Flicks is very familiar with Firefly. And we are getting into the point where these episodes never actually aired. Uh, so episode 11 out of 14, we're getting near the end. We'd love to have you listen to our backlog. We'd love to have you come join us live on Friday nights. Uh, but the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch is a lot of fun. Everybody that joins us live in the chat, uh, they come back every week because they just have so much fun with us. I also want to give a quick shout out to Film Rage YYC. That's at Film Rage YYC. Uh, he recently followed me on Twitter. I'm in a race with the rest of the Twist My Arm guys to get to a hundred Twitter followers, and this guy Film Rage followed me, and uh, we're just getting along really well. Uh, if he's kind of a sarcastic, good-natured, but maybe biting kind of guy like me. And uh, I was just getting along with him really well. I'm definitely going to listen to a couple of his podcasts this week. And I'm hoping to do some collaborations with Film Rage, very unbeknownst to him. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Check out at Film Rage YYC on Twitter. He seems like a great guy. And one last thing, I just want to let you know what I've been watching this week. Uh, even though it's not new or even though it's not leaving, these are a few things that I find very interesting. So on HBO Max, they're doing this new docu-series, Q, Into the Storm. It's about all of this uh, bizarro QAnon stuff. 
that is at same at the same time it's like kind of this underground world that's you know it's uh all these conspiracy theories and it's on the dark web and it's very underground but also it bubbles to the surface a lot and you hear a lot about it despite the fact that it's supposed to be this very quiet secretive thing uh and they're doing a documentary on it on HBO Max, Q Into the Storm. And the third episode airs tonight. I'm going to be watching it immediately after I finish uh, this podcast. Because this documentary is just so interesting. Uh, so it's funny, kind of, because these people have such bizarre beliefs. And they're so dedicated to their beliefs. Uh, and it's also... It's funny in a scary way also, but uh, anybody with HBO Max, anybody with any kind of political interest, highly recommend Q Into the Storm. Uh, it's going to uh, melt your brain, pulling from Firefly. Uh, also, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. I search for this TV show, I'd say once, once a month, I try and find out if it's playing on any of the streaming platforms. And I'm always pulling up a big fat zero. Recently, I found it on Hulu. So Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, starring Lena Headey, Queen Cersei from Game of Thrones. Uh, also starring Summer Glau. She was River in Firefly. Uh, this is Terminator. It's kind of like shortly after Terminator 2. Uh, because after Terminator 1 and 2, they kind of launched into the future where the machines were actually destroying the world and they were no longer in this kind of modern day world. And in Terminator of Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, we're still in this kind of modern day world and we're learning how Sarah Connor taught her son, John Connor, to fight off the machines. And Summer Glau is also a good Terminator uh, who's also a part of this fight. So Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles is very high up on my favorite favorite shows and might be in the top three for my favorite sci-fis uh also not that i want to admit it but the guys in the network uh, wouldn't let me live it down if i didn't tell you i've probably watched pitch perfect three times this week so that's a thing that has happened uh i love musicals yep i said that out loud i love musicals set it into a microphone uh, and I think Anna Kendrick did a really good job, uh, starting from that scene where she does that cup song, where she's bouncing the cup around and uh, doing that loud, clear acapella singing. Uh, there's also two outrageous puking scenes, which is very pitch perfect. It kind of it looks like you're going into a high school musical type situation, but it's much it's got much raunchier comedy than that, which I just absolutely loved. So I've also been watching Pitch Perfect a few too many times this week, and I loved it more than a 32-year-old man should admit. But that's all. Time to launch into this. I'm going to tell you all of the best programs that are leaving our streaming pl platforms at the end of April. I'm going to start off with Amazon Prime. Hold up. I'm hearing something from my producer. Uh, it turns out we can't find any information on any TV shows or movies that are leaving Amazon Prime next month. 
we've been doing research. We're finding a lot of articles about new movies coming in, but nothing going out. I'm not sure. Boy, this is interesting. You're sh- yeah, they say they're sure. Okay. Well, if anybody out in the Best Flicks universe can do anything to, you know, show us that we're wrong, please uh, send us an email uh, at the Twist My Arm Network. Uh, you can reach me at, at Best Flicks Ricky D on Twitter. Uh, let me know that I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that there's no information on anything that's leaving Amazon Prime next month. I have a hard time believing that everything is going to stay, but from the research that I can find, if your program is on Amazon Prime Video, you're safe for at least another month. All right, moving on from that, we're going into Netflix. So on April 12th, the first thing that's going to be leaving Netflix, not the first thing, the first thing I think that is worthy of mentioning. Oh, this is a weird one. Uh, I've actually never heard of this series. I just wanted to mention it because it's kind of bizarre. Uh, Married at First Sight, season nine. There's nine seasons of this ridiculous reality show where they get people married at first sight. That's some ugly American garbage. Yucks. Yikes. Yuck. Blah. I don't think so. Uh, Moving on from that, we've got on April 14th, we're going to be losing Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Uh, This was one of the earliest, like, really big black stand-up comedian shows. Uh, Obviously, it's after Richard Pryor. Uh, This is Eddie Murphy in that, like, big, ridiculous red leather suit. Uh, I think Michael Scott from The Office also, uh, he got in trouble with HR for doing an Eddie Murphy skit from this show. Sometimes! I'm For the record, I'm doing Michael Scott's voice on this one, and I'm not going to go any further than that, but hopefully that reminds you of the Office episode uh, of Michael Scott doing Eddie Murphy from Delirious and getting in trouble with uh, HR. But that is a very classic, uh, very, like, highly regarded stand-up special in the stand-up community. I highly recommend watching Eddie Murphy's Delirious before April 14th. Uh, That one's a good one. April 24th, we've got Django Unchained, the Quentin Tarantino movie starring Jamie Foxx. This movie is so good and so cathartic. To anyone that, uh, I don't know, if you're just feeling a little bound up by society, whether it's a major social issue, or maybe you're just having issues at work, or whatever the issue is, this movie just feels so good because uh, Jamie Foxx represents, basically, he's a black abolitionist in the middle of slavery times, and he goes into this giant plantation And he just slaughters all of the white men that are holding down all of the slaves. And it's just this extremely liberating feeling. The camera work, the music, the everything. It's classic Quentin Tarantino. And it's so good. And it just, it gives you this elated feeling throughout it. Despite all of the bullets flying, despite all the death and the gore, there's just this 
feeling of elation throughout it because something good is happening from all the violence. Uh, and you got if you haven't seen Django Unchained, you have to watch it before April 24th. It's on Netflix. And if you haven't seen it in the past five or six years, it might be time for a rewatch. Uh, on April 27th, uh, this isn't a very good movie, but Doom, the 2005 version starring The Rock, back when he was still just kind of The Rock. Uh, if you're looking for a bad movie to watch, this one is halfway decent as far as bad movies go. Uh, it's watchable if you want to get together with some buddies on you know, Saturday night and smoke a joint, drink a few beers and watch a stupid movie with lots of action, lots of monsters, lots of bad one-liners. Uh, Doom, put that one on the list for bad movies to watch. And then April 30th, this is going to be the last day in April, we've got Blackfish. This was the documentary about the killer whale at SeaWorld. I think he killed several trainers, but... It wasn't so much about the fact that he killed them uh, so much as it was his poor conditions that led him, his poor conditions, his small tank size, and those kind of things that led that put him in a position that he did end up killing his trainers. Uh, and I think this movie, this movie was huge in 2013, and I think that because of some of the light that it shone on SeaWorld and other uh zoos and aquatic uh aquatic zoos <laughs> pardon me i'm not sure what i'm what word i'm trying to look for uh but they have poor conditions for the animals and i think a lot changed uh in how in the world of captivity and zoos and that kind of thing uh to make animals a little bit more comfortable and have a more realistic habitat and a larger habitat and that kind of thing so i believe this movie actually brought about real world change which is kind of cool uh, i've never seen blackfish but that one might go on my list before the end of the month we've also got can't hardly wait this is a really bad teen movie uh it's uh i think it was this movie i saw this movie a million times when i was in high school I think this is one of them that was making the rounds on Comedy Central in the early 2000s, and I would just watch it all the time. But uh, it's the night of graduation. There's all different types of teenagers in this, like, wealthy house party kind of thing. There's jocks and nerds and hot girls and geeks and all the stereotypes. Everybody uh, represents a strong stereotype. And they're basically all trying to lose their virginity. Can't hardly wait to lose their virginity. Uh, I think this movie was the primary target for Not Another Teen Movie. If you remember that weird moment in time where there was Not Another Teen Movie, Not Another... Uh, they were... There was also, like, Date Movie and Disaster Movie and Epic Movie. Like, these were all... They cranked these movies out fast with a low budget and like zero effort um i can't hardly wait no sorry i'm not even talking about those movies anymore those movies were a parody of what i'm talking about which is can't hardly wait so going back can't hardly wait is a pretty stupid teen movie 
but it also it inspired a lot of parody so it's kind of interesting it's almost it's kind of worth watching if you want a bad teen movie uh so moving on from there we've got i am legend i just spoke about it on some of my other podcasts it just showed up this week on i think hulu or this month on hulu and amazon prime and it's already leaving next month so if you like will smith if you like uh, his acting thing where he's just screaming at the green screen uh make sure you catch i am legend before it leaves uh, we've also got platoon platoon is going to be leaving netflix april 30th uh this one is i'm sure everybody knows everything about platoon it's oliver stone it's uh Charlie Sheen before he was crazy. It's Willem Dafoe. Uh, I was also watching. Oh, what is that? The Tropic Thunder. That's the one. Uh, I was watching Tropic Thunder, and it occurs to me that I think Platoon is the primary movie that Tropic Thunder is kind of lambasting in their what in the what they're doing. So that was kind of an interesting thought. Uh, Snowpiercer. I thought Snowpiercer was a Netflix original, but it's coming off of Netflix, so I don't think it can be a Netflix original. But this is, this was supposed to be a really popular book about this, uh, it's a dystopian world in the future where the entire world is frozen over and the only people that are still alive are on this train, this snow-piercing train because the whole world is frozen over. And it just constantly, it travels the world over and over and over again. It never stops. And all the different carts are representative, the train cars are representative of different castes of society. So the poorest people are in the back, the richest people are in the front. Uh, I'm sure there's trade workers somewhere. There's a whole bunch going on that I'm not quite aware of. But it's, the movie didn't end up great. But they also made a series, which I believe is Netflix original, and that's what I'm thinking of, uh, that has gotten much better praise. So Snowpiercer, the movie, uh, it's kind of interesting. It gives, you an in- it gives you an intro to what to expect from the series or the book. Uh, and if you like that, start digging into the series. I've heard very good things. All right, that's it for everything that I thought was mentionable on Netflix. So we're going to move forward to HBO Max. We've got another Quentin Tarantino movie that's leaving. April 11th, we've got Reservoir Dogs. This one came out in 1992, another Quentin Tarantino film. Uh, I would like to think that most of us have seen Reservoir Dogs. Uh, This was Quentin Tarantino's second movie, because Pulp Fiction came out in 1994. This is the one with... Uh, Mr. Pink and Mr. Orange and Mr. Blue uh, and all of those guys that were doing the heist and they didn't know each other's real names. Uh, And in the middle of the heist, everything goes terribly, terribly wrong. And they try to figure out who the snitch is. Uh, This is a really good movie. I mean, there's really nothing from Tarantino that's bad, but he launched like a rocket with Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. These These are amazing movies. Uh, I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs in probably at least seven or eight years, so I am absolutely going to watch this before it leaves HBO Max. 
April 11th. Also, April 11th, we've got After Hours. Uh, this is one of Martin Scorsese's movies that wasn't quite as popular. Uh, everybody knows his gangster movies. Everybody knows Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, but After Hours was a little bit under the radar. Uh, this is, I like to call it the Cinderella story or the Cinderella tale through Martin Scorsese's eyes. Uh, the main character, he goes through this like really, really terrible night where everything goes wrong for him. Uh, kind of like I was saying in Django Unchained, where it's this really elated feeling in After Hours is this really heavy, depressing feeling because everything this guy does, it all goes wrong. And throughout the course of the movie, he meets these three different women. Uh, pardon me. I think I meant Wizard of Oz rather than Cinderella story. Uh, he meets these three different women who are indicative of holding his brain, his heart, and his courage. Uh, I would argue that was that would be heart, but anyways. So, getting away from the Wizard of Oz thing, this is just a really good Martin Scorsese movie. It's got all of the camera angles, it's got uh, just all of that fun, extra Martin Scorsese-ness to it, and just... It's, the comedy is top-notch. Despite it being extremely heavy and depressing, it's heavy and depressing in this just deranged, uh, like, inescapable way. And it's, I think it's hilarious. Uh, so I'd really recommend After Hours. I took a class on Martin Scorsese in college. We watched every single one of his films, and we had to write a paper on two, comparing two of his different films at the end of the class. And I did choose After Hours for one of those just because I was so in love with the film. And it's also just, it's not Goodfellas or Casino or one of those super popular ones. Uh, moving forward, we've got Godzilla, King of Monsters. That's the one that came out in 2019. Uh, HBO is gearing up for the uh, new Godzilla versus King Kong that's coming out this month. So if you want to be prepared for that, make sure you watch Godzilla King of Monsters before it leaves. Uh, the Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men is also leaving HBO Max. Uh, I remember watching this with my parents a million times. My parents are the kind of people who will watch like four or five movies and they'll just watch those four or five movies over and over and over and over again rather than... Uh, getting some kind of variety into it. And this was on their list. It was like Grumpier Old Men, My Cousin Vinny, and Forrest Gump were the only movies in the house that I watched as a kid. Uh, but this, I kind of appreciate it a little bit more as I get older. Um, Grumpier Old Men is a pretty decent one. Uh, if, you want, if you're looking for a movie to watch with your dad, uh, if you have an elder relative, an elder neighbor... Something you want to kill some time with. I I really think this movie just gets better with personal age. Not necessarily the age of the film, but the older you get, the more you kind of like this movie. Uh, the Hobbit series. Uh, Desolation of Smog, all of those ones. Those are going to be leaving HBO Max on April 11th. Uh, I was in high school when all of those... 
uh, the Lord of the Rings movies came out, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. Uh, I watched those in the theater God only knows how many times. Uh, <clears throat> and then I never watched The Hobbit. I read the books, I watched the movies a million times, and somehow this Hobbit thing, it escaped me. And I think my disconnect might be that The Lord of the Rings had these giant, like, 700-page books. They probably weren't that big. They were probably more like 400-ish page books. And they only got one movie apiece. And then I see The Hobbit, which was like a 150 to 200 page book, and it's getting like 10 hours of cinema dedicated to it. And it just doesn't quite make sense to me. And I never got over that. I think that's where my issue with The Hobbit movie came from, uh, which is bizarre and I don't have a leg to stand on. So uh, I'll give you guys the win on that one, creators of The Hobbit. Uh, we've also got National Lampoon's Vacation and European Vacation. Uh, these are kind of classic comedies. These were some of the bigger comedies before you were get, before the golden age of comedy movies, I guess. Uh, things were still kind of few and far between. They were still putting out weird stuff like Porky's back when these were movies. So I don't think National Lampoon's Vacation or European Vacation or Christmas Vacation, or any of those are great movies, but I think they're kind of important to the development of what is a comedy film. So, National Lampoon's Vacation and European Vacation, if you haven't seen it, uh, they're kind of interesting. I never focus on horror movies in this podcast. I don't give them the time of day at all, and I apologize to any of my fans that are into horror movies. So... Heads up, The Hills Have Eyes, 1 and 2, which I understand is supposed to be fairly good. They're kind of like these big, evil hillbillies that just catch people in the woods and torture them and that kind of stuff. Uh, those are going to be leaving HBO Max April 11th. Uh, make sure you catch The Hills Have Eyes. And The NeverEnding Story... Uh, this is another classic that I have n that I never watched. Uh, from what I have found, just doing a little bit of research, this was the most expensive film produced outside the U.S. or the Soviet Union at the time. Uh, so they put a lot of money into this movie, and I think that's why so many people remember it so fondly. It's because when a lot of money gets put into a movie, then they do a lot of advertising. They This movie is going to get pushed into your home uh via tv via movies via your friends like when money is spent on a movie they make sure it gets into your household and i think that's why so many people just have these fond memories of the never-ending story and last for hbo max all of these that i mentioned are leaving april 11th is school of rock with jack black uh like i said earlier i love musicals jack black He's not my favorite, but I appreciate his uh, sense of comedy that he's bringing to the School of Rock and the musical genre. This is a pretty fun movie. It's good to watch with kids. It's good to watch alone. It's a lot of fun, and it's just... It, it kind of lets some people's talent show through, which is always appreciated. So I'm going to go ahead and recommend School of Rock 
All right, and let's finish this up with Hulu. Uh, pretty much everything important that's leaving Hulu is leaving on April 30th. So you've got a full month to watch all of these. Uh, the first one I pulled out was From Hell. This was a 2001 movie. It's starring Johnny Depp as Jack the Ripper. Uh, I think I did see this movie uh, back when I was in high school. But there's a lot of people that just love watching Johnny Depp. There's a lot of people who just like the true crime drama, uh, genre. So if you're one of those people, Johnny Depp plays Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Johnny Depp, Jacques the Ripper. Uh, in From Hell. Uh, next up, I've got G.I. Jane. This one is starring Demi Moore. It was directed by Ridley Scott. It is a fictional story. This is not a true story. Uh, but it tells the story of the first woman that was going into the Navy SEALs. Uh, it's kind of a cool woman empowerment movie. And it was back in the 90s before that was a common theme. And uh, this is just... It was kind of a unique take for the 90s. This wasn't a real popular thing going on back then. So if you're looking for this type of thing, don't miss out on G.I. Jane. Uh, also, Master and Commander. I've heard quite a few arguments about whether or not Master and Commander or Gladiator is the top of Russell Crowe's like, peak Russell Crowe list. I'm going to go with Gladiator, but Master and Commander is such an amazing film. Like, if we're going entertainment, I'd rather watch Gladiator. But if you want to talk, like, feats of, cinema, of feats of cinema, Master and Commander is an unbelievable story about how these guys would actually go out and sail a ship around for weeks at a time, and they'd film it and... This is a really, really great, really impressive movie. If you haven't seen Master and Commander, I'm throwing this on your must-watch list. Hulu before April 30th. Um, Shaft also leaving Hulu April 30th. Uh, if you want an excellent example of systemic racism as told through... Uh, superhero movies, Shaft. This is like one of the worst superhero movies ever, and it's the only thing that the African-American community was really given as far as superhero movies, and it's Shaft. He's basically a superhero pimp, and it's terrible. It's awful. Uh, but it's also kind of an important sociological film that I think we need to take a look into. Uh, sideways... I don't know if you've seen Sideways, but this is the movie starring Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church. And they basically they go around to all these different vineyards and they are doing all these different wine tastings. And they're driving around drunk in these vineyards, which is kind of bizarre that they can depict that on film. But they did. Uh, I remember working at the movie theater when this came out and I was like... A movie about wine tasting? That sounds like the stupidest thing I could possibly imagine. And there were just one or two people that would argue with me incessantly over it. I never watched the film at the time, but they were like, this movie is so good. This is peak comedy. The writing is so good. And I can confirm with you right now, it's at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's a hilarious film. It's very unique. 
uh, you just you have to see Sideways. I am definitely going to watch it before the end of April. Yep, before the end of April. Uh, sideways. It comes at you sideways. You don't know what to expect from it. Uh, and last one I'm going to do is What About Bob? This was a movie coming out of the 90s starring Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus. Uh, this was a very 90s movie. You can just see it in the colors on the film. Like, it just screams 90s at you. Uh, this is one that I haven't seen. I didn't watch until recently, but I remember hearing about it a lot as a kid. Uh, basically, the plot is a psychotherapist goes on vacation with his wife, and then his most dependent patient, like, tracks him down during his vacation and tries to vacation with him. He's, like, trying to make appointments during the vacation. He's trying to meet them at dinner. He's trying to uh, follow them to the beach. And he's just destroying the psychotherapist's vacation because he needs more help. I made that sound kind of sad, but it's actually supposed to be very, very funny. Uh, so what about Bob? I've only seen it once. I definitely need to see it again. Uh, that's a big recommendation. And that's it, folks. That's all the movies that I deem important that are leaving your favorite streaming services next month. Thanks for coming with me. I'm Ricky D. This is Best Flicks. Thanks for coming with me.